Chapter Fifty Four of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. No Quarter by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Fifty Four A Glittering Cohort. It was getting late in the afternoon when a party of horsemen numbering about two hundred commenced the ascent of cat's hill going in the direction of rardine soldiers they were in scarlet doublets elaborately laced their standard flag with the royal arms in its field and a crown upon the peak of its staff proclaiming them in the service of the king that it was no common cavalry troop could be told by other distinctive symbols besides the three or four subalterns in their places along the line half a score other officers were at its head in gorgeous uniforms and with hats grandly plumed as on the personal staff of a general and such were they the rank and file rearward being his escort no ordinary general either but the commander-in-chief of the king's armies prince rupert himself his own garb in splendor outshone all a blaze of jewels and gold from the aigrette in his hat to the spurs upon his heels costume more befitting court than camp but he was not now on any war expedition instead on the way to seek conquest of other kind than by the sword it was the day succeeding that night of revelry at his quarters in bristol and the words there exchanged between him and colonel lunsford will explain his presence on the cat's hill with face turned towards rardine for in that direction also lay hollymead house whither he was proceeding quick work and a rapid ride had he made of it evincing the strong passion of fancy with which a bit of saucy sweetness had inspired him lunsford was with him by his side with two same lengths in the lead and apart from the others conversing as they rode on you think mine colonel said the prince interrogatively we shall find the frauleins at home this time pretty sure of it your highness since the good rich ferryman heard of their being at hollymead yesterday it's scarcely probable they can have taken departure since but the news from monmouth will have reached them how about that it will affect them somewhat i dare say still master powell is not a man to be easily frightened as your highness will be aware rardine is not under the monmouth commissioners sir john windtower on the gloucester side is the one powell has the most reason to apprehend a visit from and as he will know of sir john's being held in check by massey he won't be much alarmed just yet still no doubt he will be moving back again to gloucester though not in such hot haste but that your highness will have an opportunity of holding speech with him got sir thomas that should be the reverse of pleasant from what you've told me about the old roundhead's tongue he may give it me as he did yourself no fear of that your highness why not pray 
the circumstances are quite different he had backings about him then these ugly fours fellows five to our one besides a royal prince puritan though he be he'll have respect for that but what matters about his prating your highness intends laying him by the heels that will depend on circumstances we must try the suaviter before the fortiter if their words fail then the extremities our present visit to the master of hollymead is to be of a friendly character then is that your highness's intention ceremoniously so all the politeness to be observed by every one of our escort you will see to that colonel it shall be seen to but does your highness propose taking them all to the house it might be convenient to leave some at the village to wait your coming back nine nine impatiently exclaimed the prince all go on with me astute schemer as was lunsford himself he was not aware of certain motives actuating his master anything but an adonis was the son of the elector palatinate yet such he dreamed himself with a confidence in his power of fascinating the fair sex almost illimitable the type and boast of cavalierism he wielded sway uncontrolled wherever he went or the royal cause was triumphant women as men either willingly submitting to his caprices or not daring to oppose him many a conquest had he made over weak creatures consenting for the achievement of such he well knew the advantage of stately show and regal surroundings nowhere more effective than in the country he was defiling with his presence even at this day as then when the proverbial indemnity for the wrongdoing of kings was extended to princes and princelets their social backslidings gaining them credit rather than blame under the facetious title of geniality no man better than rupert knew women's weakness in this regard hence the shining retinue he had summoned to attend him in his ride through the forest of dean one of the pleasure excursions he was accustomed to make under the plea of military reconnaissance for although the future pirate of the west indian seas was quite indifferent to english public opinion there were reasons then for him not to openly outraging it by his defeats and failures he had lost the countenance of the court and intrigue was there busy against him in that case your highness rejoined lunsford there's no necessity for our going through the village a path leads through the woods by which it can be avoided is it a roundabout not much if any he comes back into this again near hollymead park gates if we pass through the village your highness's escort will gain a large accession of strength which may not be agreeable to you god yes something in that sir thomas let us take the other way then where does it branch off there your highness and he pointed to the embouchure of a wood road some paces ahead on the right without further speech they turned into it and rode on beneath the shadow of trees whose branches arcading over hindered sight of the sun for though october these were still in full foliage the leaves falling late in the forest of dean but green no more save those of the yew holly and frostifying bramble 
with the mistletoe and its pearl-like pellucid berries all others showed hues and tints varied and almost as vivid as those of the tropical forests so much extolled by travellers a winding path it was by reason of the steep incline and is in silence the glittering cohort forced into single file by its narrowness slowly followed the sinuosities upward it might have been likened to a gigantic serpent in crawl towards unsuspecting prey this similitude in more ways than one for at the head of that glancing line there were serpents though in human form making approach to what they intended as victims End of chapter 54 Recording by John Brandon